The Baltimore Ravens signed Jadavian Clowney on Friday. We talk about why he's the last piece for the Baltimore Ravens ahead of the 2023 season and so much more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostrecker. Ravens Wire here with you as always on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in today, making us your first listen each and every day on this show. We're free and available all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today. It's 10% off of your first month. And we are back. It is game day. It's Monday, Monday game day for the Baltimore Ravens. Some Monday night football against the Washington Commanders week two of the preseason. There should be some chippiness if, if anything we can take away from those Tuesday, Wednesday joint practices. But here today, we're going to talk about the Washington game in the final part of the show, what to look for, who to look for. But I want to talk about Jadavian Clowney a little bit more today. We had a live stream once the deal went down on Friday, and those are super fun. We go live after every big Ravens news. So, you know, Jadavian Clowney definitely qualified as that. We did, we did three straight live streams, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So they're fun. They're really engaging. You know, I talk in the chat. People can put their comments there. Be sure to subscribe here, turn notifications on on YouTube. And if you miss it, you want to catch the replay on YouTube or I put it on audio format. So the fact you can do that as well. But I want to talk about why Jadavian Clowney is the last piece for the Ravens ahead of the 2023 season. At least it feels that way. And there are, there are a bunch of different associations with what the last piece means. So we're going to get into all that. We're also going to talk about what impact Clowney can have in general where this Ravens team will throw a little Ronald Darby talk in there. We'll throw some Marlon Humphrey talk in there. So plenty to talk about on the show today. So let's dive right in. Let's start off with Jadavian Clowney and why, again, to me, he feels like and honestly probably is the last piece for this Baltimore Ravens team, this defense heading into the year. Now, when I say the last piece heading into the season, this does not mean I think Baltimore is done improving their roster. There are two ways they can improve their roster before the start of the 2023 season and during the start of the 2023 season, whether it is right before the trade deadline or if they want to make a move way before it. So when you talk about what the Ravens can still do, they can still add another cornerback. Maybe they add an Anthony Brown. Maybe they bring in somebody else because we don't know when Marlon is coming back at this point. There could be an initiative for Baltimore to go out there and add another corner just maybe until Marlon comes back, just so they don't have to maybe rely on the young guys as much. Ronald Darby was a move like that. But for Baltimore, they can do that. But then the trade deadline is the important part. But my point is that he's the last piece for Baltimore ahead of the 2023 season. So I don't think Baltimore is going to make a substantial move like a clowny. I think that was their last move like that. Maybe a guy like, again, Anthony Brown comes in. But to me, I think Clowney was the last piece for them. And it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? We were talking all offseason about how the Ravens needed corner depth and they needed outside linebacker depth. And in the span of literally two days, the Ravens go out there and they sign Ronald Darby. That was, it feels like the Darby signing was more of a forced one for Baltimore. It really, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but it really felt like Baltimore wanted to just give their young guys a shot. 
bring in as little veteran help as possible. And not because they felt like they didn't need a veteran, but probably because they felt like they wanted to just figure out who was going to step up, if anybody was going to step up. And then maybe, like I talked about, they could have made a move at the trade deadline if that wasn't working. Now, that's a risk I probably wouldn't have taken for the Ravens, and it doesn't feel like they're taking it anymore now with the Darby signing. But it felt like they were kind of forced into that with the Marlon Humphrey injury, where I think if the Marlon thing doesn't happen, the Ravens probably are fine just working with what they have and figuring out if a couple guys will step up or if they need to make that move. With Clowney, I think that it was always inevitable that Baltimore was going to add someone at the outside linebacker position. Ty Spouser is still not off the NFI list. You're essentially only two deep at the position until he comes back, and even when he does come back, you're essentially three deep, which is very risky in today's NFL. I don't you know, no disrespect to guys like Tavius Robinson and Malik Ham, but I just don't think I, I would not. I'm not saying I don't think they can contribute early because maybe they just you know steal the show, but. I wouldn't want to rely on that. I wouldn't want to bank on that if I'm the Ravens. So Clowney adds an element where, yeah, whether it was Clowney or whether it was Van Noy, felt like Baltimore was going to make a move there. It feels like Van Noy wanted more money than Clowney. I think both would have been fine fits. I think Clowney's a good fit for what the Ravens need out of him. But to me, we were talking for so long about, well, one of the Ravens going to add pass rushing help that we're getting awfully close to the start of the season. Oh, they need a corner too. And all these corner injuries are happening. And then again, they, they add a corner in Ronald Darby. They add the outside linebacker, you know, pass rush, run stuff, or whatever you want to call them, and Jadavia and Clowney. It just feels like with the Clowney edition, all the talk, and with Darby too, all the talk we've talked about will, will, will finally be put to rest a little bit to say, you know what? Eric DeCasso went out there. He got a corner. Eric DeCasso went out there. He got an outside linebacker. Now, the corner question, again, we, we can go 50 different directions with that because of the fact that, you know, should they add another guy? How long is Marlon going to be out? We There's still a conversation to be had there. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that the Ravens went out there, Ronald Darby's a guy that, again, before week five happened, when he tore his ACL for Denver last season, he was playing really well for the Broncos. He was really, really good for them. Is he going to get back to that form? I don't know. We saw a corner last year in Baltimore struggle off an ACL injury. And Marcus Peters, sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes they, they the guys just need a couple of weeks, maybe months, maybe a year to get fully comfortable. But Ronald Darby is already practicing for the Ravens. He's already, under, he's already undergone a number change. <laughs> he's uh, gone from 33 to 28. And speaking of numbers, Shadavian Clowney is number 24, which is... It's interesting. Definitely not one of my favorite number choices I've seen. All, all the numbers in the 90s are taken, though. So hopefully what happens is there will be a couple of guys who are cut for, you know, guys in the 90s and Clowney will be able to change his number over. But I, I would not like to see Clowney in 24 come to the start of the season. I just it does not look good on him. And, and hopefully we are in a short 24 era for Jadavian Clowney. But Again, it just feels like Clowney slotted in very nicely to what the Ravens need, and we'll talk about what he's going to bring more in the second part of the show. But for him being able to take pressure off of Adafi Owe, take pressure off of David Ajabo, and even more so Ajabo in terms of with Clowney being such a good run defender and an edge setter, Ajabo doesn't have to necessarily worry about being that guy in his rookie season because Clowney can do a lot of what the Ravens need there. Not that Ajabo is never going to be on the field on early downs or obvious run situations, but Clowney's a guy you put out there in those situations because he's so good at it. And we were talking about, well, do the Ravens want to value a guy in Clowney more who has the inside-outside versatility being a bigger defensive lineman slash outside linebacker? Or do they want to value the versatility of Cal Van Noy? It's a different versatility of a guy who can play 
outside and inside linebacker can drop back into coverage a little better and can maybe fit a fit a Tyus Bowser role more. Baltimore obviously went with the, the final option or the first option in Jadavian Clowney. But the point is, in terms of pieces, in terms of additions the Ravens could make, the only way I think Baltimore makes a more significant addition before the start of the season is if, one, they really feel like they need somebody at corner, and two, kind of going hand-in-hand hand with that, if there was a salary cap casualty, or not a salary cap, but a cut-down day casualty, salary cap casualties are <laughs> far earlier than now, but if there's a final cut-down day casualty who is really good, but a team just couldn't afford to keep them because whether it's money, whether it's positional, you know, there, there's an overcrowded position for a team that just can't keep everybody, that happens. There are really good players cut on cut-down day. Baltimore, if they see a corner that's really good and they want to add him to their roster, if they see, oh, I don't know, a, a wide receiver, uh, that's very not likely, I feel like. But if there's a position where the Ravens want to add somebody and they feel like their depth's a little lacking or the guy's just too good to pass up, maybe Baltimore adds somebody there. But to me, ahead of the 2023 season, Jadavian Clowney feels like the last piece, the final big piece for the Ravens to add. And that's fine because, again, DeCosta went out there. He got a corner. He got an outside linebacker. We can have the conversations about the cornerback and whether the Ravens should add somebody else or do this, that, and the other with it. But I think that Clowney was a worthwhile addition. There are questions, right? There are some questions about the injury history, about the consistency as a pass rusher, about the leadership and the mentorship he can provide. He also looks very skinny. Well, skinny might not be the right word. He looks very lean in the pictures that we saw from him when he was mentoring at Afe Owe and David Ajabo after, you know, he signed with the team and then his first day in, in practice looked very lean. And, and I don't know what, what that means for him from, from physicality perspective, from a run defense perspective, but we'll see. But I think for the Ravens, Clowney was a move they had to make, whether it was him or Van Noy. Baltimore goes with Clowney on a one-year deal, $2.5 million with up, worth up to $6 million, and we'll see how it pans out for him. But I feel like before the season starts, you know, during the season, it's a different conversation. But ahead of the 2023 season, I think Jadavian Clowney is the last piece for Baltimore right now. Coming up in the second part of the show, though, we're going to be talking a bit about what Clowney can bring to this team, what impact he can have in multiple different ways, and so much more. So be sure to stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's a lot to talk about here on Locked on Ravens. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And there are plenty of times when people can feel uncertain about where you're going in life or what the right path was and how you even go through something like that. But there are plenty of people who do get through things like that. And sometimes when life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Sometimes there might be a fork in the road and you have to choose. It's a very difficult decision or there's a situation you're not really ready for, but you have to make a decision anyway. And whether you're dealing with those decisions, whether it's around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life so you can move forward with the confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. And there are so many people everywhere that have benefited from therapy. And there are many positive experiences that so many people have with it. And therapy can help you with a ton of benefits, whether it's learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It can even empower you to become the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It is for everyone. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is follow a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. 
We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Oshreker still here with you on Monday on game day. <laughs> Ravens play the Washington Commanders in, I guess, some, yeah, some Monday night football action, some preseason action. They're going for 25 straight preseason wins. We, you know, every, I think we have to mention it every time, even though I know a lot of people are sick and tired of the streak and all the narratives that come with it, but it is what it is. Baltimore hasn't lost since 2015. We will see if that ends tonight. But let's keep talking about Jadavian Clowney a little bit more. And just a disclaimer here for the end of the show, be sure to stay tuned because we're going to reveal the fish names. For those who don't know, this is my second week in the new setup here. We have the live fish in the background, three of them, plus a snail I put out on the first day we recorded. If anybody had some fish name recommendations, I have piled up all the recommendations and we're going to reveal those at the end of the show. So if the football content is enough, be sure to stay tuned for fish content at the end of the show here. But Jadavian Clowney, I think the impact he can have, and we kind of talked about it one on the live stream on Friday, but two a little bit in the first part of the show here, he can have an impact in multiple different ways. Now let's just do some background on Clowney first. He's a guy who was the first overall pick in the 2014 NFL draft by the Houston Texans. Someone who's made three pro bowls, 2016, 2017, and 2018 there and is actually going to go on a full revenge tour this season with the Ravens as they play the Texans, the Seahawks, the Titans, and the Browns, all teams that Clowney's played for over the course of his career. And over the course of his career, Clowney has accumulated 43 total sacks, 320 total tackles. He has recovered eight fumbles while forcing 13 of them and also has one interception to his name. So he's somebody that is known for, you know, his big physical stature. He's 6'5", or he's listed as 6'5", 255. You know, maybe that has changed again, the pictures we saw from him. Over the course of the past couple of days, he's looking a little leaner in those. So we'll see how those measurements end up coming out. But he's someone who's 30 and a half years old and is honestly looking for a bit of a, a revenge season this year, considering what happened in Cleveland. And that's some of the some of the concerns with him, where played in 12 games with Cleveland last year, only two sacks. But Clowney's one of the players, if, if you remember when Yannick Ngakwe played with the Ravens, so Ravens traded for him. Everybody thought, you know, oh, the sacks are going to be through the roof. Don Martindale has another chess piece. Well, what happened with Ngakwe is he would be like an inch from the quarterback, and the quarterback would get rid of the ball. He, Ngakwe probably you know, give or take, probably missed out on three or four sacks for the Ravens just by a fingernail, just by a hair. And Clowney, I think, is a, a better version of that in terms of he has more of an impact that he can make. And Gakwe was kind of thrown into a system where it wasn't a fit, and he had to learn on the fly being traded from Minnesota to Baltimore in the middle of the season. Now, for Clowney, he has a lot to learn here, and this is a different defense, Don Martindale compared to Mike McDonald. But the impact Clowney can have first and foremost is as a run defender, as an edge setter. He is one of the best edge setters in the NFL, one of the most physical run defenders in the NFL. And that's kind of been his bread and butter over the course of his career. Now, the sack production is almost like a it's weird to say, but it's like, a I don't know, a secondary thing for him where he has the 43 sacks, but he's never eclipsed 10 sacks. He, he's had nine and a half, nine, nine, but never 10. And he's had seasons, you know, I mentioned he's had nine, nine, nine and a half, but then also he's had two, he's had three, he's had four and a half, he's had six, he's had, he had none when he played in Tennessee in 2020 in eight games. So there is the inconsistency as a sack guy, but with the pressure that he'll take off of Adafi, oh, the pressure he'll take off of David Ajabo and being used in, in a rotational role instead of being the guy or one of the guys. Like in Cleveland, he was the second fielder to Miles Garrett, and he was very clear that he was not happy about that in a very weird, 
it was a weird ending to his tenure in Cleveland. Things did not go over very well. And those are some of the questions about the leadership, the work ethic that some people aren't very fond of Clowney for. But for him, the pass rushing, again, almost is a secondary because of the inconsistencies. I'm not expecting Clowney to come into Baltimore and be a 10-sack guy. It's just not realistic, especially because that consistency has never really been there. I mean, the the real consistency was during his Houston days when, you know, he, he upped his sack total from four and a half in 2015 to six in 2016, nine and a half in 2017, went back to nine in 2018. Those were consistent sack years for Clowney. He made the Pro Bowl in three of those four years. But then again, he, he since 2019 or since 2018, actually, He's only had one year of nine sacks or more since 2018. So 2019, 2020, 2020, 2021, and 2022, three sacks in 2019, no sacks in 2020, nine in 2021, and two in 2022. So that one year in Cleveland in 2020, when he had the nine, the other three years, he had five total. So I wouldn't expect Kleiner to go in there and be a consistent pass rusher. He'll have really good games as a pass rusher. He'll have really bad games as a pass rusher. But consistency, I expect him to be an edge defender. Now, I do expect leadership from him. I do expect him to be a veteran presence, maybe more so than we've seen from him over the course of his career. Again, I know there have been a couple of weird instances with him where either the work ethic wasn't there. The Miles Garrett situation where he pretty much called out the Browns for favoring Miles Garrett over him. and. But let's just make it clear. I'm I would favor Miles Garrett over Jadavian Clowney on field too. I mean, there, there's no question about that. So it was kind of a weird thing that happened. But for what's available, Clowney was one of the best free agents still left on the market. You're not going to be able to pick from guys who were available in March. We're, we're not in March right now, as I've said multiple times over the course of the past couple of weeks here. So considering who was on the market, Clowney and Ronald Darby, for example, are guys that I think can have an impact considering who was left. I think Darby was one of the best corners on the market. I think Clowney was one of the best edge players on the market. So now the question is, how do you use those guys? What's the role look like for Clowney? I don't expect him to play 90% of snaps, 85% of snaps. It's going to be a role for him. And part of this whole thing is keeping guys fresh. I, I think one of the other advantages to having Clowney on the roster is you use him in a rotational role like you did Justin Houston. And it's not the it's not to the point with Justin Houston where I think with him – and even guys like Clayus Campbell, who were getting really, really up there in age, you really had to focus on, let's scale the snaps back so they're ready in December, January, hopefully February. You don't have to do that with Clowney as much. Now, I think doing some snap management would be good because it keeps him fresh. But as I've made this, if you're an everyday, you know this, multiple times I've made this comparison, the corner rotations with Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith, and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith, the advantage of that is that Baltimore is able to keep one guy rotating in and making sure that their guys were fresh. Now, the thing you can also do with Clowney is you can kick him inside. He has experience playing both outside and inside. So if you want to use him as a defensive lineman, maybe on third downs, like the Ravens have done this with Pernell McPhee, with Jason Pierre-Paul, they've kicked some of these bigger guys inside. I think Pierre-Paul is more of a, a defensive lineman, but my point is they've kicked some of these bigger outside linebackers inside and rushed them from the inside and it's worked very well it, it gives you an opportunity to get to the quarterback and guys aren't going to be overpowered if they're of Clowney's physical stature by moving inside so I think overall the Ravens have wanted to get more physical on defense they've made that pretty apparent trading out Marcus Peters for Rock Yassin trading out Justin Newsom for Jadavian Clowney I think Clowney is you know to be fair I think Clowney's more so replacing Pierre Paul as he is Justin Houston I think Houston and Clowney are two very different players 
Clowney and Pierre Paul are kind of similar in, in what they do and how the Ravens would probably utilize them. But again, I think a solid signing for the Ravens, definitely on a one-year deal worth two and a half million up to six million. That's a that's a steal for the Ravens. And I'm really excited to see how it pans out for them here. And it's going to come up soon. I want to expect to see him in the preseason, but hopefully we'll get to see him week one of the regular season. I'm sure we will. Coming up, though, in the final part of the show, we'll be talking about a week two preseason preview, who we can expect to see, who we want to see, and a lot more. Stay tuned here. Planning to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So if you're feeling like the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year, you can use those bonus bets on Maybe Lamar player props, over-unders for games, and so much more over at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked On Ravens rounding out the show. Monday style. Kevin Ostreicher still here with you. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you're making me your first listen each and every day here and that you're tuning in, whether you are in every day or you're here every day. If this is your first time in, welcome into the channel and the show. And if you're somewhere in the middle, welcome back. I appreciate you being here. Be sure to subscribe. We're a five-day-a-week podcast, so bringing you Ravens news, analysis, updates Monday through Friday, sometimes more if there's big news like we had over the course of last week. And again, be sure to stay tuned for the end of the show when we will reveal the fish names. There's someone around in the background right now. I'll, I'll reveal the names that was listener. It was listener-inspired, I'll say. So I'm excited to do that. But let's talk a bit about the preseason. We will talk about it. 25 straight preseason wins on the line. It's the most important streak in Ravens history. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. It really does not mean a thing. If the Ravens win, awesome. If they lose, literally doesn't matter. The, the point of the preseason is to see what you have in your young guys. Maybe get a couple of starter players some reps if you need to. Now, we're not going to see Lamar Jackson. We're not even going to see Tyler Huntley in this game. This going to be Josh Johnson for a half and Anthony Brown for a half. And, you know, the Washington team does not seem too fond of this streak. The Washington team doesn't seem too fond of the Ravens. And the Ravens don't seem too fond of the Commanders. So I think we're going to see some chippiness. I think Washington is actually really going to try to win this game again. Literally does not matter who wins or who loses. What we want to see is players stepping up, fighting for roster spots, and hopefully proving they deserve playing time, you know, winning a starting job or just winning a roster spot in general. So, you know, it's not really about the commanders here. It's about what can the Ravens do? <laughs> and there's no scouting really. And well, I guess, you know, maybe there's just some scouting involved, but not nearly as much as the regular season when those games do count. So guys who I'm looking forward to seeing, or I want to see positive things from, I'm really looking at that quarterback three battle. I think this is where Josh Johnson can put it away. If he has a great game and Anthony Brown struggles again, again, we will see both players for a half. Lamar not playing. Tyler Huntley not playing. John Harbaugh has stated it's going to be Huntley not being out there. So Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown are going to get some play here. Brown has struggled over the course of training camp, over the course of the preseason, that one game against the Eagles. He, he's probably a guy, like, even if both guys are even for the rest of the way, I'd probably assume the Ravens keep three quarterbacks, and I probably assume they keep Josh Johnson on the roster. So that's where I'm leaning with, with the quarterback three battle right now. Running back, I'm excited to see. Justice Hill, to me, is a guy that's, you know, roster spot not in danger, but he's electric, and he can put that on display in the preseason. But that, I guess, is the running back four battle if there is going to be a fourth running back on the roster between Melvin Gordon and Keaton Mitchell. If you've listened to me for a while, even draft day, even before the draft, I've been saying, hey, if you want one of those late-round running backs, go get a Keaton Mitchell, go get a Dwayne McBride, some of those guys. The Ravens get Keaton Mitchell and undrafted for agency. 
And we know what he did in that first preseason game. The touchdown run called back by a holding penalty. He looked electric, returned some kicks. I'm looking forward to seeing Keaton Mitchell, guys like Sean Ryan, Tylen Wallace. Can James Prochet bounce back at the wide receiver position? Ben Mason is someone who I'm intrigued to see how the Ravens utilize him again. Offensive line-wise, we know that battle. John Simpson, Salah, Ben Cleveland, some of those players out there. You know, will one guy pull away? That, that's the storyline I'm looking for. And with Ben Cleveland, there's going to be some... I'd say bounce back potential, but I think his game was fine. Like he had a really bad rep against Shailen Carter. And then if you look back at the rest of the tape, rest of, you know, his highlights, I guess he he didn't have a terrible game. And I think that one rep kind of blew everything out of proportion. It was a really bad rep. Don't get me wrong, but I think the rest of his game was all right. On the defensive side of the ball, there are a couple of minor positional battles and, and more so roster battles to look for. I think, Outside linebacker-wise, Malik Ham showed a lot in that first preseason game against the Eagles. There was a clip of him bulldozing a commander's lineman. How can he maybe capitalize? Because I think Baltimore, despite adding today being glad to their roster, there could be a spot for one of these undrafted guys, whether it is Malik Ham, whether it is Kaylee Sanders. They could have an opportunity on an offensive line. I don't think there's too much I'm looking for out of the interior guys. I think inside linebackers, you guys like Delshawn Phillips, Kristen Welch, Malik Harrison, who played really well. I think Harrison's roster spot is pretty secure. But one, how many inside linebackers are the Ravens going to keep in, in the preseason and kind of keep on the field? But two, who's going to actually make the roster, whether it is a Phillips or Kristen Welch or some of those other guys there? And then also corner-wise, this is the big one. How are some of these young players going to perform? Kevon Seymour, Jeremy Lucian, who's, you know, and where are these guys going to play? I think Lucian is playing more safety now. There are Worley has said he's kind of moving to safety. Brandon Stevens is somebody who is the Ravens trying out a corner. Is he going to look good in his second preseason action? How, how's Tay Hayes going to play? How are some of these other players going to play? And who's going to step up to potentially earn not only a roster spot, but there, with Marlon Humphrey out, there is playing time. There is absolutely playing time to be had. And this time right now is really important because not only can it secure that roster spot, it can secure your, some playing time as well. Safety-wise, like I kind of mentioned a little bit with just the hybrid players at Arias Washington as someone, safety corner, a guy like DeAndre Houston Carson who the Ravens signed. He's a safety corner guy. So they have a lot of players who can play both positions. And I think I'm really intrigued to see where a lot of their secondary members are going to play in this game. Not that that means, oh, well, that he played there in the second preseason game of the year. That's where he's going to play for the full season. Obviously, that's not how it works. But there are probably 10, 11 guys, you know, with all, all the stars and Marlon Humphrey and other guys included who can make that corner room. And we'll see how it all works out for them there. Maybe, hey, can Justin Tucker at a 70-yard field goal? <laughs> that, that might be something I'm looking out for, too. So storylines galore, again, the 25 straight preseason games, of course, that's going to be a storyline. And I know there are all these narratives out there that, oh, the Ravens care so much about the preseason and that they're going to go all out to win. Again, they try to win the game, but it's not like they put Lamar out there and they, they go super try hard mode. They win the game, they win the game. If they don't, literally does not matter. So we'll see how it all plays out for them. But that's all I have to hear today on Locked on Ravens. I, I did promise the fish names. We will reveal them. Right now, so again, I we got a lot of suggestions, a lot of submissions. I appreciate everybody who uh who submitted their names, but we're gonna go, you know, it's just it's a classic. We're gonna go with it. We got a lot of this was the I think the most popular one. It's gonna be Edgar Allen and Poe for the fish. We have a red one in there, a yellow one, a blue one. So I mean the red one will be Edgar, the yellow one will be Allen, and the 
the blue one will be Poe. And then there is a snail in there. And I decided, kind of funny, I'll explain, is Lamar Gary Jackson. Gary, obviously, the reference to SpongeBob. We got that a lot. But I figure naming a snail Lamar Jackson is just so funny because Lamar Jackson is the opposite <laughs> of what a snail is. So Lamar Gary is what we'll call him. But it's funny because Lamar literally is the opposite of a snail. And then we have, if you were with me, if you've been with me in the first setup, we have the bird in the left corner there. I decided to give him a little name too because I was considering naming the fish Locked on Ravens Legends. And I decided to just give the bird one big long name. So he is going to be Devonta Julio Houston. Not or Devonta Freeman, Julio Jones, and Justin Houston. All three Locked on Ravens Legends. All guys we've talked about for years and years on this show. Got Whether it's, it's a joke, whether, you know, linked to the Ravens, members of the Ravens. So Devonta Julio Houston is going to be that bird's name over there. But I appreciate you tuning in with me today on Locked on Ravens. That's all I have for you. Coming up tomorrow, we'll be reviewing the game first in a live stream. So we'll go live after the game. We'll talk about the game. So you can be sure to hop in the comments there, provide your thoughts. We'll, we'll do a bunch of engaging stuff on that live stream. And obviously coming back after the game on Tuesday, tomorrow, talking about what happened, takeaways and more. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty of content coming here on Locked on Ravens. I'll see you right back here tomorrow.